From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. This is the WIA News for week commencing August 2, 2009. The news this week comes from the auspices of the Redcliffe and Districts Radio Club. News readers today will be John VK4WX, Sam VK4MAS, Phil VK4FIL and Scotty VK4FLAE and I'm Ray VK4Charlie Fox. This is actually the second time we recorded the news. We did record it last week but due to a hard drive that decided to crash. Just don't you love technology? Okay, let's try this week and see if we can get it right. Change of tone. Because the 123 hertz tone was prone to interference such as music on channel FTAC has decided to revise and now has set 91.5 Hz as the general use tone for repeaters. The WIA band plan has been updated to reflect this and other changes. The new band plans are dated 24 July 2009. Meow, the cat's whiskers. Australia's defences against future bushfire threats received a significant boost this week with Telstra's launch of their $200,000 mobile exchange on wheels, or Meow. Meow is a simple, highly portable, fully functional telephone exchange specifically designed to provide communications to disaster areas and was developed by Telstra engineers after devastating bushfires of Black Saturday. An official event in Marysville, Telstra's consumer group manager, David Moffat, said the launch of Meow was an example of Telstra's ability to use technology in response to natural disasters. Telstra's mobile exchange on wheels weighs just three tonnes, light enough to be towed behind a four-wheel drive or a light truck and can be deployed within just 30 minutes. Once on site, two technicians can activate the device, which can then provide 450 telephone services, over 300 ADSL2 plus services at speeds of up to 20 megabits per second. Now cop this. According to the Sydney Morning Herald, Queensland Police Fraud Squad is crowing about being the first police force in the world to drive around scanning for open Wi-Fi hotspots, then warning owners that they need to tighten up their security. Detective Superintendent Hay told the Herald that it was illegal to use someone else's network bandwidth without their permission. Though in most countries, the laws are really unclear on the subject. Trying to bring down the world's largest free ISP, Linksys, is probably an uphill battle. Although Superintendent Hay tells the paper that the effort will save mum, grandma and grandpa from losing their life savings, having their identity stolen or losing their kids' inheritance. Police are going mobile with a notebook and directional antenna looking for open wireless links around the suburbs. Hot in this item is a word that a man is actually allergic to Wi-Fi waves. For Steve Miller, a trip to his local high street is a living hell that makes him sick, dizzy and confused. Pubs make him feel the same. He can't use trains, airports, hotels without experiencing head-banging agony. But Steve doesn't suffer from some strange phobia. He's allergic to Wi-Fi. If I fancy a pint, I have to travel three miles to the only pub in my area that doesn't have it. I just can't go to the shops because huge parts of the street affect me. 
being extra sensitive to this electro smog has made moving house a nightmare for Steve, as stray signals from neighbouring buildings can also make him ill. It's also cost the top DJ thousands of pounds in lost income. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. I'm Jeff, VK4ZPP, from the Gympie Communications and Electronics Group. In the Gympie region, you can hear the news on 146.800 and 146.850 MHz at 9am. Hams across Australia. G'day, I'm Scotty, VK4FLAE. Okay, VK2 Westlake Club have arranged Jeff Johnson, VK4XJJ, to present a talk on his trek across Australia. August 29th in the club library. VK3. Midland Amateur Radio Club are holding digital amateur TV presentation by Peter Cossens. Friday, October 16 at 7.30pm. This is in the radio club rooms. The Scout Hall in Vine Street, Bendigo. The presentation will consist of practical demonstration with a PowerPoint presentation and video session. VK4. Alan Shannon, VK4SN, has advised the WIA Lockyer Valley Radio and Electronics Club will hold its annual general meeting in at Mary Street Community Centre, Laidley, August 9 at 2pm. Townsville Amateur Radio Club Management Meeting this Tuesday. The management meeting of the Townsville Amateur Radio Club happens Tuesday, 4th of August, 7.30pm at the club rooms, SES Headquarters, Green Street, West End. Along with the usual things that happen at the meeting, there are, will also be some late-breaking info about Cardwell Classic Rally, the Townsville Amateur Radio Club's activities during the Lighthouse Weekend. VK7. Northwest Tasmania Amateur Radio Television Group Foundation's Assessment Success. Congratulations to Mark Grewal for successfully completing his assessment for Foundation Licence. Mark passed with flying colours and has requested the call sign of VK7 Foxtrot Zulu Zulu Zulu. He is anxiously awaiting for new call sign and expects to be operational on 2 metres in HF as soon as he receives his licence. If you hear Mark on air shortly, please give him a call, as he would appreciate some contacts. Again, congratulations, Mark, for uh, attaining your Foundation licence. Across Australia, from Victor Kilo 1, Whiskey India Alpha, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Townsville region, you can hear this news on the Victor Kilo 4 Romeo Alpha Tango and Victor Kilo 4 Whiskey India Tango radio systems, 146 decibel 7 MHz at 2300 hours universal coordinated time, which translates to 9am Townsville Standard Time every Sunday morning. From the Tarkadian retransmit team, this is Gavin, Victor Kilo for Zulu Zulu. The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands. Hello, this is Sam McGain, VK4MAS of the Redcliffe Radio Club, with some further news for you guys. Education, youth and advancement of amateur radio. Are you a foundation licence holder wanting to upgrade? 
Amateur Radio Victoria announces its latest standards licensed bridging courses. These are designed to help foundation licensees bridge the knowledge gap between the foundation and standard licensed syllabuses. The course will be run over five Wednesday nights in September, plus a weekend at the Amateur Radio Victoria offices in Ashburton. Places are limited and filling quickly. For more information, contact Barry Robinson, VK3PV, on phone number 0428 516 001. Live on the Gold Coast Strip? Have you heard of the F Troop Net? Well, here's your chance to join in. The Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society holds a casual net every Tuesday, 7pm on 146.7 MHz to encourage foundations operators to get involved in controlling nets. The Gold Coast also invites amateurs to join in and take part in technical discussions and other topics that cover the hobby we all enjoy every Tuesday from 7pm. TARC WIA exam information. Exam sessions in the North Queensland region are being held on demand with WIA assessors and assessment packs available for all three levels of licensing. Contact the TARC Acting WIA Exams Regional Coordinator Ray VK4NET on mobile 0419-637-637 to have a mutually suitable date and WIA assessor assigned to your assessment. Further information also available at tarc.org.au. Great new titles on the shelves of the WIA bookshop, including the RSGB Radio Communications Handbook, the ARRL Handbook, the VK4VK Antenna Book Collection, hands-on radio experiments containing 61 practical experiments, and the VHF Digital Handbook, which covers diverse subjects, including D-Star. So visit wia.org.au and look for the bookshop in the members area. If you're not already a member, make sure you join the WIA WIA today. WIA.org.au. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello, this is Phil, VK4 FIL, with the International News. International News, with thanks to the RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL. Amateur Radio Newsline, the NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. Just when you thought it was safe. Once more into the breach for the Federal Communications Commission's efforts to authorise broadband over powerline technology. The USA agency has unfortunately issued a new notice of proposal proposed rulemaking, asking for feedback on the power levels access BPL systems should operate at so they don't interfere with other services. The American Relay Radio Relay League, the ARRL, stopped this process dead in its tracks, as rightfully they should have last year, having raised concerns about the transparency of the proceeding and BPL's potential for messing with ham radio signals and, uh, and other bands. But the Commission is sticking to its guns, arguing that the technical standards it has already set may still be sufficient, at least with a modification or two. Invitation to a seminar on future wireless technologies. The New Zealand Ministry invites participation at a seminar on future wireless technologies, including cognitive radio, software-defined radio, and future mobile and broadcast technologies on August the 24th. The purpose of this event is to share knowledge amongst participants about emerging developments and to 
commence identifying the areas on which to focus future technical and regulatory work. ICASA to hold a hearing on table of frequencies. IECASA, the regulatory body of se- in, in South Africa, will hold public hearings on proposed revisions to the table of frequency allocations in South Africa from August the 17th. The SARL will be presenting the case for amateur radio. Last year, SARL made proposals that new amateur allocations be considered around 500 kilohertz and 5 megahertz. The extension of 160 metres to the full 1.8 to 2 kilohertz and allocations 2300 to 2450 megahertz and 3300 to 3500 megahertz. SARL is currently preparing its case in greater detail, motivating the reasons why these allocations will be beneficial to amateur radio and its contribution to propagation and other studies. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK7, it can be heard on the VK7 repeater network across Tasmania and on HF frequencies from 9am each Sunday, followed by the VK7 regional news broadcast from 9.30am. I'm Graham and Michael sign VK7ZGK. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. With this year's RD contest just around the corner, here on active service from East Timor is Lieutenant Chris McGraw, VK4 FR, with some little known information from World War II. Thank you, Chris. Hello listeners, I'm Lieutenant Chris McGraw, currently serving in East Timor. With the Remembrance Day contest just around the corner, I'd like to share a story with you that concerns East Timor, World War II and radio. On the night of April 19th, 1942, all the radios in the northern Australian port of Darwin were silent. The reason for this was that on the previous night, a weak signal using a three-month-old Coast Watcher code from a Coast Watcher who had not been heard of from some time had been picked up at the radio listening station at Headquarters Northern Territory Force in Darwin. All commercial and military radios had been told to stay off the air. One month had passed since the last of the Allied bases had fallen, and at that time the Japanese were believed to have uncontested control of their new empire. Only guerrilla resistance in the Philippines still stood. That night, the signal was received again, this time more clearly, but the listeners in Darwin were sceptical, suspecting a Japanese ruse. They demanded proof of identity from the signalers. A transcript of the message follows. From Darwin. Do you know George Parker, the Coast Watcher? The signaller replied, Yes, he is with us. Headquarters. What rank is he? The signaller called Captain. Headquarters in Darwin. Is he there? Bring him to the transmitter. What is your wife's name, George? Parker then spoke in the radio. Joan. Darwin questioned further. What is the street number of your house? Parker replied, 94. A Coast Watch officer in Darwin knew from set procedures that this was Parker and he was not a prisoner. Darwin headquarters was satisfied and asked for a report. The response was completely unexpected and secured a place in Australian military history. The Timor force is intact and still fighting. Badly need boots, quinine, money and ammunition. That signal had gotten through on a homemade radio called Winnie the War Winner, which is now on display in Australia. 
I encourage you to look it up on the internet and find out some fascinating history of World War II, East Timor and radio. I look forward to when we will meet next time just before the RD com commences. Cheers. This is Chris McGaw in East Timor. Thanks Peter. VK4OD and Chris in Timor. Now continuing operational news is our it's our on-air contest column dateline 2009. August 15 and 16 is a WIA Remembrance Day contest. Also August 15 and 16 is the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. August 29th and 30th Alara Contest. International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend with just two weeks to go to this annual event is set to be a huge success with 320 lighthouses registered so far and another more 100 expected in coming days. Australia remains in the lead with 45 registrations ahead of Germany on 41. The Lighthouse Weekend is on the 15th and 16th of August. To check out these already registered or to make a registration just visit the website illw.net. Special event calls, Beacon DX and DX Advice. Celebrating 90 years of the Lavatian Air Force. The Lavatian call sign YL90AIR stands for 90 years Air Force in that nation. A commemorative operation will remain on the air throughout the years and throughout the year's end. QSL via the Bureau or EQSL. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In New South Wales, it can be heard on various frequencies from 160 metres to 23 centimetres. From VK2WI, Dural at 10am every Sunday. I'm Eric, VK2VE. This is John, VK4WX, the weatherman with the wireless weather. Baby, it's cold outside. Talk about the cold of space. On July 2nd, the flight detectors of panic uh, spacecraft high-frequency instruments reached the amazing low operating temperature of minus 273 degrees Celsius and did it by radio. Amateur Radio Newsline says the cool down took place as the spacecraft has been has just entered its final orbit around the second Lagrange point of the Sun Earth system. Panic is equipped with a passive cooling system that brings its temperature down to about minus 230 degrees Celsius by radiating heat into space. Three active coolers were ordered to take over from there to bring the temperature down further to an amazing low of minus 273.05 Celsius. That's only 0.01 degrees Celsius above absolute zero, which is the coldest temperature theoretically possible in our universe Certainly reason to rug up. Are you interested in learning more about D-Star and what this exciting new digital radio mode has to offer? Then visit the website www.dstar.org.au and there's also a well-established Australian D-Star news group. 
You can join the group from the link provided on the D-Star website as well as in the text edition of this news broadcast. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. On the Q News workbench this week, some smart clobber which can take photos. This is Ray, VK4 Charlie Fox. Clothes could one day take snaps of everything happening around whoever is wearing them. US researchers have made a smart fabric that can detect, that can detect the wavelength and direction of light falling on it. The research team has found a way to accurately place sensors in each fibre and coordinate the electrical signals they send when light falls on them. The results were a step forward ambient light imaging focusing fabrics, said the researchers. The team, led by Dr Yoel Fink from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, said that the researchers have extended their earlier work that placed sensors in relatively large polymer fibres. Dr Fink and the colleagues have found a way to stretch the 25mm strands of polymer into much finer fibres while maintaining the relative position of the sensors. This earlier work has led to the creation of very long and flexible light and temperature sensors that might find a role in smart fabrics for soldiers or those working in hostile environments. In the latest work described in a paper in Nano Letters, these thinner strands were woven into a 0.1 metre square section of fabric. The careful creation of fibres and the positioning of light sensor elements meant the team knew which signals were being sent by which sensors. This enabled the team to reconstruct, a bit crudely, an image projected onto a small square of fabric. The researchers said that their work was an important step towards finding ways to get many nanoscale devices working together. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Victoria, it can be heard through the Amateur Radio Victoria VK3BWI broadcast network each Sunday at 10.30am and 8pm on the two-metre repeaters VK3RMM at Mount Macedon and VK3RML Mount Daninong, plus the 80, 40 and 30-metre bands. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor. Good morning, this is Sam, VK4MAS of the Redcliffe Radio Club. WW Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. CubeSat Linear Transponder at Tokyo Ham Fair. PE1RAH will be demonstrating his CubeSat linear transponder at the JARL Tokyo Ham Fair this month, August. PE1RAH was responsible for one of the 435-145 transponders used on the amateur satellite VUSAT, VO52, and last year he developed a 300 milliwatt PEP linear CW SSB transponder that would run from a 3.6 volt battery and was small enough to fit into a CubeSat. XKE4IQB to head NASA, Charles Frank Bolden Jr., the former KE4IQB, has been confirmed by the U.S. Senate as a 12th administrator of the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Bolden commanded shuttle missions STS-45 and STS-60 and was an active participant in the Space Amateur Radio Experiment, or SARX, program. 
Lunar Orbiter Photographs Apollo Landing Sites. NASA has released new photos taken by the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter showing the Apollo Moon Landing Sites. The pictures radioed back to Earth show the Apollo mission's lunar module descent stages sitting on the Moon's surface. They show long shadows from a low sun angle making the module descent locations very evident. The Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter camera was able to image five of the six Apollo sites with the remaining 12 with the remaining Apollo 12 site expected to be photographed in the coming weeks. WW special interest groups, the Internet, the Ham's Domain. NASA tests new space Internet protocol. The University of Colorado at Boulder is working with NASA to develop a new communications technology now being tested which will extend Earth's Internet into outer space and across the solar system. The system is called Disruptive Tolerance Networking, or DTN. The new technology will enable NASA and other space agencies around the world to better communicate with international fleets of spacecraft that will be used to explore the Moon and Mars in the future. WW Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Old Timers Members and friends of the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club Australia are reminded the next news and information broadcast will take place tomorrow, the first Monday of the month, using the RAOTC call sign of VK3OTN. WW Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. DP9S German National Jamboree Station. Special Events Station DP9S will be active from July 29 until August 8 at the German National Scout Jamboree in Bullenberg. The station will be operating using the call sign DP9S on HF and VHF around the radio scouting frequencies. Further details are available on the DP9S website. GB4WINGS is QRV from Wings 2009 until August 8 at Windsor Great Park. On HF SSB data with some CW and 2 meter SSB most of the day and some evenings. This is part of a communications activity for 5,000 plus guides and scouts from around the world. QSL via the Bureau. WW Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Looking for a healthy add-on to your amateur radio interest, a date with your radio on a farm, property or in the bush? Want to take the YL or XYL and the kids? Want to help others and their families engage in healthy outdoor activities? How about an activity where motive force is restricted to one horsepower and where you can talk to the drivers as they pass? Where the fuel used is grown in the paddock and a minimum of greenhouse gas is produced naturally? Here's your chance, particularly if you are in VK7. Wyson Tasmania South regularly provides safety checkpoints for the Southern Tasmanian Endurance Riders. Their next event is on the 15th of August, is close to Hobart, on the Cliftonvale property between Dysart and Eldersley. So if you want to get out of the shack, get some fresh air, help others involved in a great family activity, and use your radio for something useful and enjoyable, mark your calendar now for the 14th and 15th of August, and give Chris VK7FCDW or Roger VK7ARN a call to let them know that you'll be there. Ham radio helps avoid railway accident. Ham radio may have helped avoid a railway accident, one involving a group of Illinois youngsters who decide to try and joyride on a commuter train. Paul Streeter, AB9PS, has been attending a meeting of the National Railway Historical Society. As his train home departed the station, his son, David, N9JFE, and two other club members who had waited with him noticed the couple of kids had jumped onto the engine. Sensing the urgency in the situation, N9JFE used the emergency provisions of the FCC's amateur service rules. He tuned his HT to the railroad's frequency to notify the engineer that he had some wanted kids clinging to the locomotive. The engineer brought the train to an emergency stop. As soon as the train came to a halt, the crew jumped out when it chased the kids away. 
Now here's the kicker. Apparently the kids took refuge right in front of the Downers Grove Police Department after they jumped off the engine. In fact, they were seen sitting in the agency's steps. The engineer then asked the dispatcher to notify the police of what had transpired and the youngsters' whereabouts. AB9PS says that in his opinion that the situation was definitely life-threatening. He said that the train could have reached 60 miles per hour even though it was a local. At that speed, the kid would not have been able to hang on. Amateur radio. Do we not owe it to ourselves and future generations to make sure it's still around tomorrow? After all, no one's going to do it for us. Please promote our hobby in your local area today and make sure amateur radio is still there tomorrow. Easy to modify and print promotional material can be obtained from the websites listed in the text edition of this broadcast. Let's do Australia a favour and put AR back on the map. Well, you've just been listening to, or have just missed, the WRE news for this week. We've reported, you decide. This is Ray, VK4 Charlie Fox, and uh, we're members of the uh, Redcliffe and District Amateur Radio Club. And I'll just uh, pass the microphone around now to the other people who helped bring you the news this morning. This is John, VK4WX, the weatherman. When I said in the news that it's cold, believe me, it's cold outside. This is VK4FLAE, Scott, uh, 73s, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the news. This is Sam, VK4MAS. Is this thing switched on? And this is Phil, VK4FIL. Go six metres. Okay, that's it. If this goes to air, it looks like we've done it this right this time. And I want to thank Graham, uh, VK4 Baker Baker, for uh, filling in for me last week. And at half past five in the morning, it's a really unusual sensation of understanding that uh, you've really stuffed it up. 7-3, everyone. This is Ray from the Redcliffe Radio Club. And we'll all catch you next time. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.